You're going to really enjoy In the Trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics, because our guest is Ted Karras. What an impact this guy made his first year in the with the Cincinnati Bengals organization at the center position. Ultimate team leader, quarterback, the offensive line. Everybody looks to Ted Karras for the answers. Ted Karras gets that offensive line to do what they're supposed to do, when they're supposed to do it, how they're supposed to do it. He's an extension of Frank Pollock on the football field. He'll talk about his experiences uh, with the New England Patriots winning Super Bowls. He'll talk about his family, the first family of football. Every generation is a champion uh, with the Karras family. It, it's really quite amazing. And he's made an impact not only with the football team, but in the community from a charitable standpoint as well. And he talks about all of it. Ted Karras, special guy. Thanks for joining us in the trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics. As always, emanating from our outstanding studios here at First Star Logistics. And we have a very, very special guest right now. We got the quarterback of the offensive line. In my opinion, the most important player, you know, they have MVP, they have most important player was Ted Karras for the Cincinnati Bengals because without him, I don't know where they would have been this year. And uh, he's a, uh, not only a great football player, but one heck of a human being as well. Welcome, my man. And uh, it was a heck of a year, wasn't it? It really was. It was, Dave. Thanks for having me on again. Um, that's high. That's a high praise and compliment from you. Thank you for that. We have a fantastic team, and I did think it was a great year. Kind of, it, it, Probably the most sad I was the whole year was watching that game Sunday. So, you know, thinking, you know, it, kind of a missed opportunity for us. So work starts on 2023 here uh, now. Boy, it, it is amazing, though, isn't it? You look at Kansas City, I mean, literally, can come down to a play. Uh, one one play decides the AFC Championship game. One play literally, you know, decides the uh, the Super Bowl. It, it, it's amazing. You never know, and it's never just one, but, I mean, there's a handful of plays. You don't know what point in the game they're going to occur. You have to play every game to its uh, – every play in every game to its fullest because you never know when it's going to be the one, right? Absolutely. And thus is life in this league. And that is, you know, how we, how we live. And especially when you get to the playoffs and when you get to the final four and then the championship game, there's no margin for error. And there really isn't throughout the whole entire season of the NFL. But when you play the premier teams and the top competition in this league, you have to play at a hundred percent your best and there's no margin of error or else you're going to lose the game and be eliminated. And that's when we saw that happen to us. And we saw that happen to Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I honestly, as a former offensive lineman, <clears throat> was really happy and proud for the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line because all you heard was, "Oh man, Philadelphia Eagles!" You know, they, they're, they're they're within four sacks of setting the sack record that the great Chicago Bears had. The you know that that was an impossible record, and they're just killing everybody. Four sacks a game all through the regular season and postseason, averaging four sacks a game, and the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line stepped up as a group, and man. You know, uh, when you see that occur, that, that's that's good stuff to see as former linemen, isn't it? Well, especially – I have to give a shout-out to one of my best friends um, and four-year roommate in New England, uh, Joe Tooney, the left guard for the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. He's a, a dear friend of mine, and he put in, put together another uh, vintage Tooney performance, locking down a premier player one-on-one -on -one most of the game in the Super Bowl. So 
I'm really proud of him, proud to be his friend, really happy for him. I'm sure he's going to be enjoying it. Um, but just, I, I really, uh, it's, it's cool to be friends and teammates with a guy like that. He should be in an all-time great discussion. You know, I could go on and on about Tooney. Good for him. We need to unseat him in 2023, but very proud of him. And I wanted to shout him out because he's done that for, for going on eight years now of, of big-time games, locking down the best D linemen uh, in, the, in the game at the time. Uh, that's uh that that's awesome that's outstanding you know and uh you, you look at it boy it, the, the, as that game unfolded it, it was it was just the opposite of what i kind of thought i thought philadelphia would really control things on the ground and kansas city's linebackers man they were coming downhill they were balling they were they were playing some some serious football and it it, it seemed like spagnola said i'm going to take something away and it's going to be the philadelphia eagles running game and even when Hertz was making some possible throws and, you know, making great plays, he had a phenomenal game. He had a dominant game. You know, Spagnuolo's like, I still I – don't, I don't want him to have two ways to go. You know, I want to make sure that I got to take something away. I'm taking that running game away. And then Kansas City ran the ball, you know, really well. It, it kind of was the reverse of what I thought might transpire during the course of the game. And uh, Hertz put up Mahomes' numbers, you know, and Mahomes put up Hertz' numbers kind of, but – I, it, it was it was amazing to see how that game uh, that game transpired. It's like you just never know in this league, man. Well, you got to give a lot of credit to the Kansas City Chiefs. They played you know down the stretch good enough to be be the champions. And yep. yeah, I don't think Mahomes did he throw an incompletion in the second half. I mean, I think there one. was a lot of one. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, you know, they played they played championship football when it counted the most, and that's what the whole season comes down to. So give a lot of credit for them. They won close games in the final two games to be the champions. So. um you know, it stings as a competitor. You want to be in the final stage and, you know, to see your, your friend and your, your buddy lift the Lombardi, very proud of him. But there's a yearning that, um, you know, kind of, you know, hurts in your soul a little bit that you want to be there. You know you can, especially with this team. And, Ted, I mean, it's a, it's a scenario. How about the Karras, the, the first family of football, in my opinion? I mean, your, your grandfather, uh, Ted Karras Sr., he won a championship with the Bears. Uh, your great uncles, Lou and Alex, played in the 50s and 60s professional football. Your dad uh, won a championship with the Redskins. Three generations, seven family members have played football in the Big Ten, the Karras family. You've won two Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. Your family is highly decorated, man. It is unbelievable how successful the Karras family has been in the game of football. Been very fortunate. Been on a lot of good teams, a lot of winning football, um, a lot of great coaches, and um, spoiled with quarterback play as well. If you go back through you know, me, I, I'm I'm probably the most spoiled with between Tom and Joe and Fitz. But then you go back to uh, you know my grandfather, Bill Wade, championship quarterback. Uh, yeah. Doug Williams was uh, my father's quarterback in Washington. So. Um, obviously that is the most important uh, position in the sport, but we have uh, been very fortunate to be part of these, these good teams and contribute. It's been a lot of fun. Very, very blessed. I would like to get another one. That's, it's, that's my, that's my main goal. I love it. I love it. And it's going to happen. I mean, what, what, as you have time now to kind of sit back and reflect a little bit on the season, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think back about the trials and tribulations of uh, the NFL season the Cincinnati Bengals just had? Well, I thought it was a successful season. Obviously, yeah. when you don't win the championship, ultimately the goal wasn't reached. But we can't discredit 
the 10 months of hard work and coming together as a team and a 10-game win streak, never been a part of something like that. Um, played a lot of good football, kind of found out who we were on the way. Um, I think the main thing, you know, going forward, we're going to need to start faster in the season. It's hard to start 0-2 and, and get the, and, you know, get the one seed, set yourself up in a position to be the most successful in the postseason. Right. But every year is a new year. We're going to have to start fast um, and, you know, not dig ourselves a hole early on in the season. Have you ever been part of an offensive line group that suffered the injuries down the stretch? You know, like it seemed like every week somebody was going down to a significant injury, you know, and that, that that's the biggest fear. I mean, your hope that you don't have to deal with that type of thing and you want to have plenty of roster depth at each position group and the offensive line proved that there was roster depth there. But to have the injuries that you had, you know, as you're in um, in that 10-game winning streak you're talking about and, and uh, and you know, you're, you're – you're vying for uh, let's let's win the division, let's get home field advantage in the playoffs, and all the things that go along with it. How tough was that? I think guys really stepped up and did a great job. I think the Buffalo game was the prime example. Down three linemen, I was really proud of uh, all those guys that stepped in: Jackson, Max, and um, Hakeem. And I think it really highlighted uh, a lot of our great players on offense. I think the O line we we held up okay. Uh, I think the Chiefs game wasn't our best, but Buffalo game was a very good game. But highlighted a lot of our uh, how dynamic our skill players are and how good uh, Joe is as well. Um, and then even inversely, the defense. So our defense is all, also outstanding. So it's a team effort. You know, when, when you're in there, we expect to win. So whoever's out there playing, you know, that there's not an excuse like that's why we didn't win the game. You know, you're expected to go in there and perform well enough to win. And for the most part, um, you know, all of us have most of the season. In your mind, like you said, you've been around some great quarterbacks and most specifically Brady and, and, and Joe Burrow. What is it that you think is the primary requisite for a quarterback? What trait is it that he has to have to be successful in the National Football League? Gosh, the number one trait was just delivering the ball um, precisely. I think that's the biggest determining factor. I mean, I when I got to the NFL and I, when I saw quarterbacks, so there's just a little bit something different about the ball that a quarterback uh, in the NFL throws as opposed to any other level. Obviously, they're the premier, they're the best at it. Um, right. And when, then when you, you can take it even a step further with Tom and then with Joe, and especially with Joe, I really haven't seen any – buddy that's more accurate of when you really break down the throws i mean they are going at a good pace right into the receiver's hands so that's a luxury we have we need to do our part as an o-line to make him comfortable to deliver those throws and that is our number one objective so what's what's joe like in the huddle how compare compare and contrast tom brady joe burrow are there are there more similarities than differences uh with those guys both like on and off the field i guess well, Joe is his own person, and Joe is the leader of this team. And I think the number one similarity between Joe and Tom is that they're going to win a lot of games as the leader of the team. Right. And, you know, when you, Joe is, was a great leader, he's a great in-game leader, uh, a great, uh, great at adjustments, very low maintenance and adjustments between the O-line and him. And if he wants something, he's not bashful to tell us what he wants. And mm -hmm. That is our job to go and execute it and tailor it to his needs. Um, and then he's also a great off the field leader, um, has relationships with everyone on the team, 
very welcoming as a superstar, um, something that you would hope and want and uh, really welcomed all the free agents, did a great job uh, bringing us together, you know, forming a, forming a culture. And this organization is, it, it, it is his. So, um, you know, he is our leader and does a great job of it. You know, it's uh, in, in this era of football with salary cap and, you know, the, the revenue that uh, the league generates and players are going to share in that uh, that success. Obviously, it's it's paramount to to get Joe signed and, and set a budget. And, and there's always going to be teams never the same from year to year, as you know. And I know if, if you play long enough, it's like from one year to the next. There's going to be a core, but there's going to be a lot of a lot of different players those football teams, the Kansas City Chiefs are a great example. They had 24 different players on their 53-man roster from last year to this year, and they and they won the Super Bowl with, you know, rookies and free agents and everything. And, and they had the third – they were in the top three in terms of teams that had most rookies playing for them. And the other two were uh, Houston and Chicago. <laughs> and they have the number one and number two picks in the yeah. draft. And number three – in terms of rookies playing Kansas City, and they won the Super Bowl. So I mean, they integrated, you know, these new players so well. It, it that's that's a big part of the process in the National Football League in this era, isn't it? And having a guy like you to help integrate that to be the conduit between, you know, what the coaches' expectations are and player performance. I mean, a guy like you is invaluable in that regard. Well, thank you. Yes, I tried to. You know, I thought we had a good leadership core on this team. Um, and we had we had some young guys that really contributed. I mean, not not as many as the Chiefs because we do have a big core and a lot of. I, I would still consider them younger guys, especially on offense. We're still all on their rookie deals, but very dynamic players, uh, which is a testament to um, how this organization has drafted and built this team. Um, but we're going to need rookies always to contribute, and that's an interesting. Stat. I didn't know that about the Chiefs, but obviously, give a lot of credit to Andy Reid and how he onboards you know new members of his team and. But their core is also very good too. So um, they have a good cue. They have a good O line, and I think we, you know, we're, we're built very similarly to them in, in that regard. I think, you know, it's going to be a matchup that, well, wh whoever wants to make it to the championship is have to go through each other. So, um, you know, we're we got that one in the back of our minds always, defending champs. You know, I, I I could see you envision you as as being a, a really good offensive line coach at some point in time when you're decided you're done playing hopefully nine, 10 years down the road here. Uh, well, I'm going to help my dad. I was actually Marion university this spring. I'm going to uh, go up there do a week with the O line. They got spring. Ball. Um, he's the head coach. It's a NAIA school in, in uh, West side of Indianapolis, Indiana. So exciting times, Marion Knights. And, and what about the offensive line coaches that you've been exposed to during your professional career? I mean, I, I was fortunate that my first line coach was Bill Tiger Johnson was an all pro center, the 49ers, Y.E. Tittle was the quarterback before he went to the New York Giants. I mean, Tiger was great. I mean, a tremendous first line coach to have. And then I had uh, Jim McNally as another line coach, one of the gurus, you know, of his uh, his generation in the coaching ranks. So I was really lucky that way. Yeah, Do you feel like you've experienced the same type of thing? I do. I, just starting the uh... – starting my career off with Dante Skarnecki and having him for four years, he came out of retirement and he actually, uh, he was me and Joe Tooney's line coach for four years. I think that was a base that's, uh, you know, been a big reason why we're, we've been successful in the NFL. Right. Um, and then I've had great, I've had four. So, and then Frank, I, I love Frank. He did a great job this year. I think we have, we have a great room. 
We have a lot of talent in the room, and we have a we have a we have a great culture, and it was a lot of fun. And Frank did a good job scheming up runs and getting us right, and and do he did a great job getting uh, Cordell ready to play in the NFL and start every game. I played every snap as a rookie, yeah. which is an impressive feat. That really is, and he is very effusive uh, and, and complimentary in his praise. Uh, what what you meant to him. Uh, this year, you know, he said it honestly. He said, "I, you know, <laughs> I don't know what my rookie year would have been like without having Ted Karras next to me." You know, and he said, "I just feel so so blessed, so fortunate to have had experienced had that experience." And what what kind of a guy was Volson to to work with? I mean, you mentored him big time. Uh, he was he was a willing listener, though, obviously, wasn't he? He was attacked it, worked hard, won the job in camp. You know, he didn't come in. He wasn't one of those guys that was slated in to be a plug and play guy. You know, they took a smaller school guy uh, in the fourth and he won the job, which is impressive in itself. And then he starts every game, but he really put the work in in the spring and in camp on off days, we would come in and work on a set. You know, he had, he had played a little left guard, but he, right, left side wasn't his, I think his main side in college. So, I mean, he's, he's got everything you want. He's long and strong, great guy, great friend, attacks the, you know, the game. And we're going to be relying on him to really take a big jump this year. I mean, I thought he did really well this year, but the biggest jump any player takes really in their careers from one to two, especially his O-line play. So we are, you know, he's coming back as a big time contributor, someone that we're counting on to, you know, be a, be a top performer for us. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, the year year one to year two year one it's like you really don't know what you don't know and then year two it's like now you start to understand what you didn't know and 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 you can make you can make definite leaps there's a there's no question about it I you know I, I love watching the relationship between quarterbacks and their offensive line um you know it's it's obviously to me it's key it is a must-have component for success uh with your football team and, you know, I experienced it. Well, I was roommates with Kenny Anderson and experienced it with how he was bonded with his offensive line. Watch Boomer Siason and his offensive line, you know, just become so close. And I watch you guys and Joe Burrow, man, and you guys are inseparable. You know, I mean, on the road, it's like every minute seems like you guys spend together. And it's not just feeling like, ah, I got to go over this. Go. You guys enjoy each other. I mean, you guys like spending time with each other. That's a That's a big deal, isn't it? Oh, it's such a fun year, and Joe's such a cool guy, and everyone really is, is was is so really cool, funny. I love uh, kind of the organizational vibe that Zach has created. You know, kind of loose, loose but ready. Yeah. Um. You know, no one's too tight. No one's too overly nervous about anything. Everyone's prepared. I, I really, really enjoyed the culture of this team, especially on the road. I felt like we were on the road all year, almost. You know, we felt like road dogs. We you know, especially later in the season we were and it, it just it was a lot of fun just all everyone's always in the cafeteria on road trips talking hanging out you know no one's really just joes to their room so i think it's a big reason why we're successful and we're gonna have to keep that going it's gonna be fun uh to go back for spring i love the spring because you know everyone's in town but there's really not the pressure of the season so you can hang out more there's not that competitive there's some competitiveness but it's really not testing your competitive stamina in a public season environment. Right. Right. I mean, when I watched though, um, it's like, particularly when you have the successful years and obviously there's, there's a lot of reasons for it, but the earned confidence that you're talking about, you know, it's like, you're not, 
You're not nervous. You're anxious to go out and perform because you know you're so ready. You know, you know you 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 feel like you have the answers to the test. You want to you want to start uh, you know sh- demonstrating that you know, and 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 you want you just can't wait to go out there and perform. And and that's what it seems like with uh, with Joe. Joe just has that earned confidence, and it just kind of it dissipates to the entire football team, doesn't it? Oh, that's such a way, good way to put it. I think that like one thing I think about, you know, if I do start to get nervous or anxious or when we're going into a game is like, if I just do my small part and win my rep, like we're going to win this game. You know, we got the, we got the guys that are going to win. I need to just block this guy. I don't need to be worried about anything else except my small little part, one of 11. And when I win, everyone else is going to win too. I have confidence, supreme confidence in my teammates. And then ultimately we're just going to win the game. And that, that, that was a big reason why we won a lot of games. I think the biggest example of that would be Tampa Bay this year. What a, you know, kind of a – everyone kept it calm and we ended up winning a game we probably shouldn't have won at all. Yeah, that that that, that game was uh, was spectacular that way. And I, I'm like you. You know, I remember uh, – and, and Tiger, Tiger Johnson, you know, uh, my rookie year, actually said it a couple of times. He'd be like, you know, he'd, he'd show – uh, 16 millimeter film we're watching, you know, and he'd be like right back and forth five times at least, you know, so you get every rep for every guy, you know, everybody yeah. can see what each guy's doing back and forth you go. And he's like, you know, man, you had just sustained that block for just one more beat. Look at down the football field. Look at Isaac Curtis, man. Kenny Anderson would have hit Isaac. That would have been a 65 yard touchdown. Come on now. Just give me a little bit more, a little bit more than that, you know? And it's like, it's so true. You know, you just never know when what you're doing is going to have a huge impact on, on the outcome of the entire play. You know, it's 22 moving parts, but man, they all have to be synchronized. You know, there's no question. Which makes it so popular. It's why it's the most popular game in this country. It's, um, yep. it's really cool. A lot of fun. And I think, you know, it has a huge impact on this country, which is really cool to be a part of. So, as you, you've won Super Bowls and you've come back, you know, the year after Super Bowls, what is the mentality? What, what have, what, what have you learned from past experiences when you, so, cause a lot of times, you know, there have been cases where players, individuals, not just in football, just in general, handling success sometimes can bigger, be a bigger challenge than handling failure. Some people don't handle success. Well, you know, other pe- people, Okay, failure. Now I, I know I know I can't do the things I did when I failed. But handling success. What's the key to handling success? You've done it, obviously. What what's what's the biggest key in your mind, Ted? And this team has already done it, uh, you know, kind of coming back from last year and being able to yep. reset. But it's a total reset. Nothing is inherited, and especially on the offensive line. Like toughness and conditioning is not inherited. So we're gonna have to restart on on most of our things and it's exciting for me because this is the first time in a while that I'll be able to be on uh, the, the same team in the same role multiple years in a row since for about four years now. So I've been, you know, that's been a, you know, I've been changing positions, changing teams, you know, not going to what anything can happen, but sure. um, I feel good about my role going into this spring. Um, but it's really we have to we have to flush everything. It's a, it's a it's a reset. There's some things we can build on, but we got to get back in the weight room and just kind of you know n- nothing matters except for you know the the win loss column for 2023. So you know you can't bring any any reps with you. So we're just gonna have to totally reset. 
I know that uh, everybody on the team really admired your work ethic, you know, physically and mentally. And um, I, I know Joe appreciated, I mean, you'd go to quarterback meetings and be part of what was going on with the quarterback meetings in, in terms of pr protections and why the protections were going to be structured the way they were structured and calls that need to be made and all that. What, uh, what was the reason for that? I mean, what, have you, have you always done that? Was it something that you felt like I need to do that to, uh, to really establish that I'm the, I'm the guy, you know, I'm the quarterback of the offensive line. What, what's, what was your thought process there, Ted? Well, Joe invited me number one. So okay. I, you know, I, I'm a, I, I, you know, I like that Jim Carrey movie. Yes, man. I say yes to a lot of things um, when <laughs> an opportunity you. presents itself. So yeah. that was number one, but I do find offensive football endlessly fascinating. I do want to be a coach. It's in some capacity when I, when I retire in football, yeah. whenever that may be. Um, and you know, Zach being our play caller as the center, I, I wanted to get a get a better feel for how he thinks about the game. And I think it proved to be very valuable, um, me, me going there. I did not overstay my welcome, though. I went a few times, but, you know, my shtick in there could probably run out after like five or six meetings. So I, I let them do their thing after that. But it was a fun little tradition. I'll pop in for two or three of those a year. Um, and it'll be especially uh, probably in spring. I'll probably I'd like to sit in on some installs in, into the passing game as I don't. I'm I'm obviously as an old lineman way more well versed in run scheme. So sure. just kind of filling in the holes of my football knowledge. And this is a new offense. This is a very different offense than I've ever played in, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. What What's the biggest uh, difference in this offensive schematics from prior ones that you participated in? Uh, I think just you know at playing in New England, we got we've got we got a lot of base defense. We played a lot of uh, you know twenty one personnel. We're here. We're pretty much exclusively playing eleven, right, right. And just getting getting sub defenses, getting the different adjustments of always playing in sub, and really not not getting a lot of base defense. Where Patriots was a mix, but we did get a lot of you know we played in a lot of base. So your offensive line group, I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure that you're responsible for this. You guys meet on your own. You guys uh, do the extra that it's going to take to get to the next level as a group, mentally and physically. We do. We do some extra drills, especially in spring and in camp on off days. But during the season, um, we'd always, you know, every Friday night or not every Friday night, every Saturday night was a game in the cafeteria. Whoever wants to join, we're watching a full game together. And then Kappa and I would watch film on the side and. You know, I think guys did a lot of great work this year. I was really, really impressed by the depth in our room and the ability to go out and 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 win a playoff game with with three guys that hadn't really played much all season. So it was a testament to Frank, Derek Frazier, um, and everyone who worked with the O line to be able to get that done. Yeah, I mean, I, I was amazed uh, because you know you look at it and it's it's like you you want to have reps to, with the guy next to you. You, you may know it mentally. But going in, there's nothing better than live action to see the depth of the set, what it feels like when they're twisting and you got to zone block things and all that sort of stuff. There's nothing like hands-on, full-speed game-time experience. And you got guys didn't have that with any pairing except for yourself and Volson. You and Volson are the only two that had worked together, you know, extensively. But every other combination was was not. And that it was, it was amazing to watch how well you guys played as a group. I mean, it, it was really a tribute to everybody. Well, thank you. Yes, I thought that Jackson played really well, Hakeem and Max. I mean, these are guys that took advantage of opportunities. And 
like you said, you know, O-line is a continuity and repetition position. And if you look yeah. at the two teams that were in the Super Bowl, that was their starting O-line the whole time. And that's a continuity position. Um, and the teams I've been on that have won the Super Bowl have had the same starting five. You know, obviously some guys, there's some, you know, I've had to be a spot starter in those on those teams, you know, two or three starts a year based on, who, you know, someone going down for a little bit. But in general, um, you want to keep your O-line healthy down the stretch. But very proud of those guys that stepped in. Uh, ultimately, didn't get it done. We had our chances, though. So it's encouraging going forward into 2023. You know, you, you're talking about your desire to be a coach uh, at, at when your career is done as a player from that standpoint. How different are the techniques that these great offensive line coaches that you've been exposed to? Are there major differences or are there some similarities like, boy, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely incorporate this because every one of these guys does this, this, and this, they might do this a little bit differently, but boy, there's some, there's some core value things here that are pretty consistent. Have you discovered any of that stuff? Well, I think you can go down the main tropes of all I'm playing pad level and hands inside. So I say the, the two things for me that I, I, I really think that have been universal and the ones are, your hands inside. If you can win hand leverage, you, you can control the block, even if you're a little bit wrong. And you got to keep a good base. You got to keep your weight inside the midline of your body. If you start getting off balance, that's when people can make you look really dumb in this league. They're very strong people. So um, just, you know, balance base and hands inside have been taught, I think, you know, obviously all the way back to high school. But uh, obviously it's more nuanced in the NFL. Um, but there are differences. You know, we run a different scheme than we did in New England. With a, you sure. know, New England was a hard downhill gap scheme, duo, one-back power, two-back power, and ISO. We're here. It's it's still downhill, but it's it's a sub-duo, inside zone, outside zone, pin and pull. There's just different, different techniques and, you know, different style, different running back reads, different timing. So, I would say that just the the consistencies will always be in the in the small fundamentals for O line play. Just winning a one on one block um, will never change. I don't think. I mean, obviously there can be some improvements, but uh, there's been a there's been a big sample size of of these coaches and their techniques, and a lot of guys being successful. Let me get you out of here on this because I could talk to you all day about with football. I mean, you're you're just a great football guy, man. Love talking football with Ted Karras. But okay. You, Tuna, you mentioned a great player that you played with, and, and I don't know if he'd be the guy to the answer, but teammate that that uh, teammate or teammates that have you know stuck out in your mind, and then opponents, guys that you played against, it's like, oh man, this dude, talk about a stud. Anybody come to mind in those areas, or more than one? I will shout out Tuna again. Just his consistency of performance and huge moments. His whole career is defined by it, and he's yeah. done a great job of that. And I think there's a lot of guys on the new, those New England teams that I could say that too. I learned a lot from Dave Andrews, just his consistency as well. A lot of those old linemen in my early career, I learned a lot from. Just really, what it came down to was just being consistently good. Him, uh, Tooney, Dave Andrews, and Shaq Mason, you know, were two-time champion interior O line, and they, they were just consistently good and played their best when it counted the most. And those are two things that I think about a lot. I just want to be consistently good. And I just I, I need to play my best when it counts the most. Um, and as far as opponents go, I've always thought Indomitian Sue was the top of the league. Um, when someone feels that strong, you know, you know, you were big, strong guys. But when someone 
makes you feel like you're not strong enough to handle what's going on. That's yeah. a bad feeling. And I, he's one of a handful of guys that have ever made me feel that in my career. So I've always had a lot of respect for him. And then early on in my career, I really had a lot of respect for Luke Keekley. I thought he was uh, as good as they came. I never really played against anyone that good up until mm-hmm. that point in my football life. So it was kind of like a welcome to the league moment. These guys are really, really serious. Good. He was one of the first examples of that for me. One of those guys that sees it before it happens kind of guy. I mean, he was, he, his, I, mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't even get to him. I was just like, yeah. I don't know what I'm, I'm even doing out here right now. It's frustrating. <laughs> you know, these guys, they, they never take a wrong step and they see it before it happens. It's like, what the heck are you yeah. doing all the way up? What did he see there? He's all, he's already there, man. How did he he's do there. that? How did he, he was do very that? good. And obviously he had a great career. It was a, I was I had a lot of respect for him for how he exited the league too. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was I thought that was a very kind of a brave thing to do. Uh, probably with a lot of pressure of you know and so anti to the culture he was probably raised in and right. how he was right. raised as a football player. So had a lot of respect for him as a player and a man. Well, I have that for you as well as a player and a man. I, I respect the heck out of Ted Karras and I know your teammates do and the coaches and the whole city, and and by the way, Ted, before we we get out of here, I I know you're a you're a give back guy. You're that kind of guy. Tell us about the hat. Tell us what you're doing from a charitable standpoint in your life. Well, so the hat. Thank you to all of Cincinnati and everyone who bought one. Between donations and hat sales, we raised over a half million dollars for this organization, nice. the Village of Marici. They nice. are able now to open up a second and third facility. Um, there are. You know, we're, we can serve 400 people. Now we're going to be able to double and triple our footprint. And the hats are a big deal for that. We're employing uh, several of the villagers. Um, and we're going to come out with a season two of gear. Uh, be, be on the lookout for a, for a UC version. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, some beanies. And just like a regular baseball cap, one of the biggest uh, customer feedback has been, you know, this is, this is a big hat. A lot of people thought it was a little bit too big for their head. So um, <laughs> we're going to come out with just a traditional baseball cap, a beanie and be on the lookout for a UC special edition. Um, we will, we will, you know, keep growing this as we can. It's provided a great income stream for the village. A hundred percent of everything goes straight to them. So it's a big help. That's awesome. Got a big heart, Ted Karras. You're a heck of a man. Appreciate you. Well, thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me on. It was good to see you. Yeah, this is the longest we've gone in like six months without seeing each other. I know. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm looking. I, I, I missed my my uh, my opportunity to, to visit with Ted Karras on a daily basis, man. <laughs> I miss you too, man. Well, it'll be it'll be back on us before we know. Let's take our break, reset, and be ready to go for 2023. Going to be an exciting year. Uh, we got a great team coming back. I'm very excited. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll be ready to go. Let's go get one. I'm with you, big fella. Here we go. All right. Dave Lapham here, and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team. Hey there, everybody. I'm Dave Lapham, and uh, we do a, a podcast called In the Trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And if you want to uh, hit the like button on when you're reserving any video, that would be a good thing to do. And if you want to subscribe and not miss any videos, 
make sure you do that because we are going to try to cover the Cincinnati Bengals every way that they can be covered. 